With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everybody, Russ and my Hammers 11. Hope you are all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you may not have any time to put new content on. Um, particularly as we've got loads of new stuff coming up. We've obviously got the game shows for the, the charity game shows which run out this week. We've got the last one this week of the current series and we've got a new series starting soon hopefully so make sure you hit the bell icon so you're made aware of any time that all comes out um loads of good guests loads of great fun we're gonna have the next couple of weeks that's for sure uh, including today's guest another one from across the pond oh from our lovely american hammers networks all friends of the show it's john nolan hi john how are you doing man not too bad russ thank you and thank you for having me on and uh, yeah, good to see you yeah, absolute pleasure. For, you know, just to hide behind, sort of reveal the fourth wall. It's taken me and John probably about two, three months to get this. To get this, but you know, good things to come to those that wait. Wait, John, John. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this. It's just uh, we're both busy people, aren't we? We're busy people. Yeah, life gets in the way, doesn't it? He does. It's in the, you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, that life gets in the way of talking about West Ham. But um, yeah, we can't. There's not much we can do about it. But how are you? How's how's things been the last few months? All the stuff that's got on with the world and stuff over there yeah it's it's madness i mean for for those that don't know me i'm i'm in the philadelphia area which is was one of the probably worst hit parts of the country here up up between new york city and philadelphia was all all pretty bad so it was, it was just kind of surreal to be honest and the whole thing was surreal we've got like a testing center opened up within weeks about a mile or two from my house everybody's walking around like in those et costumes you know yeah. fully suited with medical stuff and oxygen supply and so um been lucky to be able to avoid anything really anything really bad um so I'm, I'm grateful for that but it's just a very strange time to be alive and uh, of course the premier league just you know stopped and then restarted and uh you know we're, we're, we're going to be some of the only people to ever witness something like that in their lifetime yeah. i think the whole thing was just very odd yeah, very, very odd. Um, but it was. I think it was really important that that we that the, fin that the season got finished more than anything last season, um, because obviously it seemed to sort of. I don't know about 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 over there, but particularly in the UK, when the football came back on, it just seemed to energize everyone a little bit. It, it, you know, a little bit of normality, a little bit something new to moan about rather than the R rate or whatever it is at the moment. Yeah. You know, it was just a bit different. Um, you know, and obviously for the first game, West Ham fans probably sh wished it wasn't, um, it hadn't come back, um, as is the way of West Ham. But, you know, the boys did well. Though, you know, and then we, you know, we kept it, it was a bit squeaky bum time, but, uh, you know, that you know, we could be safe with like a game to go. It was really, really sort of bizarre for West Ham. We could sort of kick back at that Villa game and just sort of laugh at everyone else's yeah. <laughs> predicaments apart from us. But um, <clears throat> but I suppose it's the same with the states. Obviously, you know, with the NBA and stuff like that. You know, they obviously they had to had to get all the games in and uh, had to put them in that bubble in wherever it was in, in Florida. And uh, it just makes everything a bit easier when there's some live sport on, isn't there? 
Yeah, I think, uh, and it's still it's still going that way. I mean, I know now they've got uh, college football, college American football. Some of that is coming back. Um, some of the leagues opted out. Now they're now they're opting back in. And hmm. uh, I was really skeptical of the Premier League coming back, but they seem to have handled it pretty well. There doesn't yeah. seem to be a whole lot of um, you know teams really missing star players and stuff like that 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 we thought there could have been. So, I mean, as long as people are being responsible, it looks as if looks as if it's going fairly well the, the only problem i have is you know you're talking three four months ago now where people frontline workers and healthcare workers weren't able to get tests but multi-millionaire sports stars were but you know i mean they're, they're, they're probably also pumping a lot of money into the economy yeah. so there's, it's a balance in it i mean like anything it is it is and it's quite it's quite interesting because obviously um Amazon obviously do their all or nothing shows, which I loved. I used to love the when they do the the NFL ones. I thought it was fantastic every season, and obviously they've done top, the Tottenham one, haven't they? And um, that's been released. And the latest episodes have just been dropped with the everything around COVID, and it's really interesting to see how they, you know, because it started off like no one really knew what was going on, and oh, this thing's coming up and mm, we're not too sure what's going on. Yeah. Obviously, we know we know the story. You know, it's very similar to all or nothing. You know, you know, you know which team has won the Super Bowl. So, you know, these these guys aren't going to make the playoffs. Um, and it's the same thing. And uh, and just seeing like how they responded, it was really interesting. Um, I've because... got to catch up. I think I'm on like episode five of that. But um, it, it, is, it is interesting. And God, um, I never thought I'd like Mourinho, but he, he comes across pretty <laughs> well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He really, really does. And, <laughs> and it's quite funny. Always made me laugh, that sort of first image when he he walks to the door and I think he's zooming in Harry Kane and he just has this fear of dread <laughs> on his face. And it's like, but yeah. But no, he does come across very well, I think. And um, and it's quite interesting as well, you know. And it, also, I just think, what, what like a... What a wet wipe Deli Ali is. He's such he's such a wet wipe. You know, literally yeah. they have like this conversation for about two minutes about toothpaste. And I'm <laughs> thinking I'm there going <sighs> Really? He's not like, you know, there's <laughs> not much there. And I mean, end of the day, we all know that Deli Ali now puts water on his toothbrush, then puts the toothpaste on, and then puts water on again. Well done. Well done, Amazon. That's really, really useful stuff. Thank you very much. But That's um cool. Yeah, exactly. We'll, next. we'll find out which way he puts the toilet roll around next episode. <laughs> yeah, and does he, does he crunch it or does he sort of wrap it? <laughs> Are you a cruncher or a wrapper, John? That's the question. Oh, if I wrap first and then crunch. I, I don't know. Let's keep You're it interesting. Mental. You are mental. <laughs> you are living la vida loca. Um, <laughs> but I mean, obviously, in in the states, obviously, you know, you you're used to having sort of all the Premier League on. Yeah, every game, and and now obviously we we're getting it in the moment. It's really yeah. fucking up my life at the moment because it's like you know bloody next week it's seven o'clock on a Sunday. It's like what is going on? You know what I mean? And particularly for you guys as well, you know, all over the place. Particularly the Saturday games. Saturday games probably not so bad for you actually because you know five hours behind and it's almost like a three o'clock kickoff. It's, honestly, it's great because at least with a with a traditional three o'clock, that's ten in the morning here. Yeah. So it's better for my health because I'm trying not to go down the pub at 10 in the morning. Yeah. And I still have the rest of the day to do stuff. But now, I don't know how the West Coast guys do. I don't know how. No, we we no. had one uh, American Hammer out in Hawaii as well. And what are they? They're like seven, eight hours behind. I don't know how they do it. I mean, some of their stuff is like four in the morning. but Amazing. And that's, that's you know, you're, you're questioning whether or not to go to bed and, and get back up or just stay up from the night before when it goes to those hours. Yeah. So, But on the East Coast, it ain't too bad. No, and they obviously, you know, what what I really like is, obviously, I've interviewed lots of the American Hammers guys, and you know, you've all got your own pubs and stuff in in your in your towns, and and obviously the Philly pub and stuff like that, and it's just great. It's it's something which I think is really that's why I quite do like doing, doing this channel. It's opening up all these sort of things which people never even thought about, you know. And it's like, I mean, myself, you know, I. I spent a lot of time in the, particularly, was it yeah, about last year on the East Coast? And so, um, New Jersey, I was based in New Jersey mm -hmm. for like, bless, bless it. Um, Elizabeth <laughs> in New Jersey, lovely, lovely I'm place. Not, well. yep. Yeah, lovely place, not. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you do, you know, unfortunately, I had, if I was doing this series then, it'd been great because, like, some nights I was there twiddling my thumbs, I let pat my Xbox and was playing Thief. I could have gone and, gone upstate and seen david or, or or come down to see you i mean i was i was in philly almost like every other day and so um 
It's bloody annoying, so I could have had some really good drink ups. But hey, ho. but that's what I love about this. You've all got your little pocket of of fans based on sort of where you're from, but you've got this amazing Hammers network, and it's just really, really, really good. And obviously, you did the, you had the, um, you had the quiz, didn't you? you did well the quiz, didn't you? With the yeah. old, uh, you won, you won the quiz, didn't you? I won the hammer shots. Yeah, I still don't know how because Tom is very knowledgeable. Yeah, but it's Tom's for his age as well. I've yeah, got to tell Tom, you. Tom is shit though because it's like when we had, I had Tom on the game show and he'll be watching this because you're on it. Everyone and he was shit. You know, he just like it was like bloody. You know, I had to explain the game, and oh dear, I think, I think after, I think after you'd beaten him, John, I think he sort of like powers had drained out of his body, and he was just, he was just rubbish. You know, I think he barely got a point on the. It wasn't like his. I mean, yeah, it wasn't like an Adam quiz. It was more sort of fun, but still, he didn't manage to, to do it. But um, no, they're good fun, and uh, yeah, I'm obviously, you know, I'm I, like in a really random twist of like serendipitous fate. I used to go to school with Adam. And uh, yeah, and so there he's in Dallas, and I'm over yeah. it. Loves to, yeah, he's, he was in the year below me, so um, oh, I love it. And it's just one of these weird nuances, and it must be the same with you when you sort of go to another, go to somewhere else in the world or someone else in the in the US, for example, and you know people already in that you in in that area because of the West Ham Hammers network. It must be lovely. Yeah, I've, I've um, well, I've only been doing stuff on the on the show there probably about a year. Yeah, so um. It's always been a part of my life that that I think was missing because West Ham was so meant so much to me. It still does meant so much to me when you know back home, and just you know just you, you can go anywhere in England and talk to anybody about football. And that that was always a piece of my life that was missing over here because you can't walk into any American pub or bar and, and start talking about West Ham and expect that the other person knows what you're talking about. So, yeah. like that was really what what drove me into starting to to get on with these guys and you know having a show friday night likes um and, and just jumping in and 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 just talking about west ham it's like my version of going to the pub is now yeah. online so i'll sit back have a beer or two and get to talk football and you you could do that with american football you could do it with basketball you could do it with any of that stuff over here but football football as much as it's grown and it has it's, it's getting much much bigger still difficult to walk into a pub and and kind of sit down and have a good chat about what's going on in the game. So that's, that, that, that's a major benefit for me. And, and like you said, having all these guys um, in different places, you always know that there's going to be somewhere to meet up. Um, someone to go see, I was down in DC. I met the DC irons down there. We jumped into their pub and um, watched the match, watched the match with them before all the COVID stuff, I think early, earlier in the year. So um, just somewhere to go. And I mean, West Ham's a family anyway. So. It is, it? But, but, but doing this, you know, doing these things and, and talking to more guys like yourselves and I don't know, the Indian Hammers and the Scandinavian Hammers and it's you don't realise how much of a fan base West Ham has outside of of Essex, really. <laughs> it's it's in London everywhere. to be fair. Yeah, well, everywhere. everywhere. You always bump into somebody in a West Ham shirt. Always. You always Where strike a and you always strike a conversation and it's not, and it's like, and I've always said we've been social distancing for years because, you know, we, we, we sit, you know, you'll see someone in another shirt, in a West Ham shirt, you go, and you do that and you won't shake hands, you won't bump fists, you won't need to do the elbows, you won't do nothing. And uh, it's, uh, it's a lovely thing. I always, literally on holiday, my wife hates it, but literally my whole suitcase is full of West Ham shirts <laughs> because you, as you said, you bump into someone or yeah. even someone who's not a West Ham fan, but they might live in, I don't know, it might, I might be on holiday in Dubai or whatever, or, and, and, because, and something, something about West Ham that it is like still there, a lot of people's second team. So they come up to yeah. you and start talking, oh, West Ham, oh, yeah, Cotley, oh, yeah, yeah. and you go, yeah, 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 I am anyway, where's, 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 the, where's the bar? Um, yeah. But <laughs> but that's what I love about them. So you said, so obviously, John, you mentioned, obviously, you know, we know you've, for those of you who don't know, obviously, John was over, came, you know, he was on the, these fair shores and then moved across um, a while ago. Why why is West Ham your team before you went over type thing? Yeah, so I'm I'm not I'm not from East London as you, you might be able to tell from the accent yeah. anyway, but I I'm from Swindon originally, so about an hour west of of London for the yeah. for the Americans tuning in. Um and probably about two hours west of East London really. We used to go into Hammersmith. It was, my my dad was a West Ham supporter and that's that's why I'm West Ham. So um we always had family in London. We were we were up there constantly. Um, my mum's side of the family, uh, even though we're all Irish, they all settled in, in Hammersmith. So 
we would use that as kind of a landing base and then jump on the tube there um, and go across across London to, to East Ham where more of my dad's family side is, is kind of from around there. I know his uncle was Canary Wharf area. Um, and then it was, it's just, yeah, I suppose it's just, just blood really. He got, he got me in, I think my first match uh, was West Ham versus Charlton. Must have been like 91, 92. Remember, we were ground sharing with, or Charlton was ground sharing with us. Um, so I was about six or seven at the time and, that was it. There was no looking back. I just went in, and I mean, you've seen that video of that kid walking into the stadium. His dad shows him, you know, he walks up the steps, and then you know, just starts crying at the whole experience. I mean, I was close to that, just wasn't recorded, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. we sat in the uh, we didn't sit. We we stood in the old in the old North Bank, and just walking out to that. I'm getting chills just just even saying the words, but it's walking true, out, yeah, out trout, you know, yeah. and that feeling and just the electricity in in the air. Um, that, that was it. It was. I mean, we lost the game one nil, and you know, and still, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. That that was it. That was my team. That was that was everything. Because I, I was always always loved football. Always loved playing, talking about it, and then just going to like a proper uh, proper match and taking it all in. That was it. And then we just we just kept doing it. We had you know me and my dad. We had traditions and. Got to Upton Park when we can, being based in Swindon, and especially when we were down in like Division Two, there were plenty of clubs to within arms reach. We go to away days, so you know we did. We've done Villa, Coventry, Southampton, uh, Oxford. I think I saw Dixie get sent off at Oxford for something <laughs> reckless back in the day. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just just loved it. Just loved the whole feeling, everything. And obviously, having lost the first game, you sort of set yourself on the right path. Being that's it, and that's, really. that's what he told me. He said, "Listen, everybody in the family, uh, you know, they've all, I think, all of their first games West Ham lost, so you better get used to it." But <laughs> that's, that's what it was. It's so, it's so true. But what's yeah. interesting is, even though you know you, you sort of you went on, you, you, you were talking about it, you know, you, your eyes lit up because you were talking about the experience and da da da, and the, and the sort of as a footnote, oh, and we lost one nil. That was that was like it, it was it wasn't about the game. It yeah, wasn't about no. the result. Didn't it's, matter. About the experience, it's about the experience, isn't it? And being there with your dad and, and stuff like that, it's it's all memories, isn't it? And I think that's and that's what I think people lose at the moment now, is obviously it's great the fact that we can watch every game, uh, everyone, everyone can watch every game on the telly. They can switch, in the UK, they can switch on the crowd noise if they want to, um, but it's that experience, it's that sort it of... Is. Can't don't know what you know. As you said, that tingling. As you said, when you know when you were talking about it, you know, I, I did get chills because you can just and, and take it you built, straight back. It, rough. it builds. Yeah. So, I mean, especially for me. So we'd have a one-hour car ride up to Hammersmith, right? And mm. and it builds, starting from the moment that you leave your front door and lock the door. You get in the car, you see family. The anticipation's building. See yeah. see family that's in Hammersmith. Then you make the walk down to the tube. And for for me, going across London, right? You you'd start seeing all the parents and all their kids go into football matches of different shirt colours. On the on the tube across London, right, you get your reds for Arsenal, they're going that way. You get blues in Chelsea and West London, QPR, stuff like that. And you, you could just, it would start turning claret and blue and, and it just starts building and building and building. And it was just, it was just such a cool, a cool thing to, to take in on match day was seeing, you know, all these families doing the same thing. They've all got their own clubs. They're all going to their church for the day. Right. And, and we're going to ours and, uh, and, and it just kept building and building and building. You build in the time you, you're there a few hours before we used to go and get a program. We'd go get pie and mash. We'd go to the bowling, you know, I get s- snuck a couple of shandies, uh, down at the bowling when I was, when I was young and, um, you know, just just everything. You get off the tube, walking walking across the stairs, and the smells of burgers and fags and and everything. The street food and just just the whole lot, just the yeah. whole lot. I, I miss it like anything. Yeah, particularly. I mean, from Hammersmith, I can from Hammersmith all the way to to, to Upton Park. That is a long, and it's a district line. Ain't, ain't a quick, ain't a quick tube, is it? Ain't a quick ride. So, um, yeah, no, I can get that. But that must be. Yeah, you can just. See, but obviously the difficulty is then if you've lost is you've got to go all the way back again as well it's a bit, bit of a yeah. <laughs> yeah more often than not that's that's the case but uh it is and i think that's i think that's what people miss now is that sort of sensory the sensory stuff around football it's not necessarily seeing it 
but it's you know now it's good that it's back and it's good that people can go and watch it you know on the tellies and stuff but as soon as the sooner fans can get back in the games the better i think just because you, you you people not only i think the fans miss it but i think the players miss that sort of that interaction that oh, you know sure. yeah although some yeah some players obviously maybe not because you know <laughs> they might have certain players on their back so it might be a but um no we'll, we'll, we'll see what it is and uh you know we've got big cup game on tuesday magic of the cup We'll see what happens with that. We've uh, right. against Hull, yeah, It'll yeah. be all right. We'll be all right. And then Everton is Everton or Fleetwood next next round. So hopefully Fleetwood Everton look yeah. pretty tasty this season, don't they? Yeah, that cup run was nice while it lasted, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was Imagine yeah, I thought... enough. Maybe we prefer Everton. Who knows? Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, after after Saturday's game, yeah. I mean, it was a uh, yeah gutting yesterday, but it is what it is, unfortunately. <laughs> We get used to it, don't we? We get used to it. It's the hope that kills us, John. It's the hope that kills us, unfortunately. But I, I was reading that Arsenal have never lost a game in September in the Premier League or something like that since, since like, early 2000s or something ridiculous right? like that. Yeah, so, God. Yeah, yeah, I never even knew that. Um, right, so, obviously, you know, we found it, found it origin story. Now we want to do the, the 11, so the Hammers 11. So right. um, the idea being is you pick the players. You can pick anyone you want, but the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play. And obviously from new, you know, early 90s onwards, basically. So it's not a bad spread, very similar to my spread, to be honest, John. Um the only reason is so not everyone picks the same people because everyone would pick the same. If you said, what's your 11? Everyone would probably pick Phil Parks and Bobby Moore, you know, the stories your dad must have told you about these players and stuff. So that's why we put that little caveat in and it means we've had over 200 different players have, have, have come up and uh, gives, you know, some of the, the Hayden Mullinses of this world a time to shine, which is which I think is important. Um, but you can pick whoever you want. Doesn't matter. Does it be a favourite? It could be the best. It could be the worst. It doesn't really matter, John. It's up to you, man. So um, I'm not even fussed with what formation you pick now. I'm, I'm just getting soft in my old age. I think more than anything. Um, so let's start with goalie. Who's in goal for the Nolan Eleven? So I, I took your question and um, I tried to come up with a criteria similar to nice. what Jim Kearns has said. I, I watched his, his episode oh, on the show. Yeah. I think for me, um, I wanted to stick to legends and leaders is what I'm calling it. Mm. So um, my number one is, is Ludo. And I think that's probably for quite obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, great player, big physical, has a song about him. There's not too many keepers you get that about. No, good um, and obviously, it was, I think he was the first goalkeeper from from when I started watching West Ham anyway. And uh, just a great all-round keeper. I mean, some really standout games. Those ones against Man United, I think uh, everybody remember, but just just provided so many great memories and just a, a quality goalkeeper. He just, I mean, because, you know, your, your sort of reference point is very similar to mine, John. He seemed to be goalkeeper for us for forever, always. He just yeah. forever. He was always in goal. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and it's like in my early memories, all I can remember is Ludo being goal. And I think then he left, and we was like a little bit sort of scrabbling around, really. I think then because we had a few loanies and stuff like that. After that, we got a bit better with you know Greeno and David James and people like. But it just yeah, he just seemed to be in goal forever. Ludo did, and um, yeah, a lovely bloke and uh, a colossus of a man. And when he was on it, he was on it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. he would he, oh, he, he changed games. Yeah, I mean he epitomised West Ham because West Ham. You know he could have some stinkers. You know you know my granddad called him Loopy Ludo. And that's what he used to call it. But he'd have those games where he was world class. And it was like, it was always when you play United or, or a top team, he'd always pull one out of the bag. And you're thinking, fuck, where was that? <laughs> where was that against, yeah. you know, Bolt, Bolton last week or something like that? But it's just like West Ham in general, you know, that's like yesterday, that team performance again compared to Newcastle was chalk and cheese. And it's like, yeah. you just, but you knew it was going to come. Yeah, that's what I love about being a West Ham fan because, and um, that's what I love about Ludo because he was just that type of player. Um, right, <coughs> pardon me. So Ludo is in goal, John. Um, you go through the you go through the team as you want to. Sure, I'm I'm playing three at the back, and nice. again, le legends and leaders. So, and and forgive me, I've, I've got my notes written no, here. So I can remember who who I want in the team. <laughs> uh, right back, I'm going with uh, Stevie Potts, and I know. That obviously, I don't, I don't think he played right back the entire time he was at West Ham. I, th I think that 
he was probably a player that was played out of position a lot, but he would make a very good right back. Yeah. Um, hammer of the year at least twice, I think. Uh, I'll see, former captain. Um, just he was just always there when he was reliable, dependable. I imagine a very good person to have in the back room. Um, just knows what they're doing, and uh, yeah, just just an ever present. And and again, one of those early memories um, of of when when I was a kid and and watching him play, and just just a great player. Yeah, he was, and 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 you know, and and it's great that obviously he's still he's he's in the under twenty three setup as a coach, and yeah, he was just a nice bloke as well. You know, it's like it, sometimes it's just they're just nice blokes as well, and Stevie is a nice bloke. So we're we're trying to get him on. We're trying to get him on the show. He's I've got people out there. I've got like you know a few spies <laughs> to try and get him in. You know, from, yes. coming from ver- coming from various angles, but I think everyone would love to hear from him. So. Um, but yeah, Stevie's in Stevie Potts. God bless him. And as you said, yeah, probably was. You know, I think I think Stevie Potts became a better player when he was playing centre back because Tim Breaker came in and mm-hmm. he didn't have to play right back. But he could, and he'd have, he'd have a bloody good go, wouldn't he? He'd have a bloody good go at, at right back. But he was more of a centre back, and he shouldn't have been a good centre back. He was only like five foot eight or something like right. that. Yeah. But um, just read the game so well. Um, right, Stevie P is in. Who is next, John? Uh, in the middle, I'll have Rio, and I think, again, that's another one that probably goes without saying. I mean, just a spectacular talent, um, brings the memories back from that time where it just seemed like we were churning out talent, mm. um, not even year after year. It was month after month at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the excitement, I remember um, my dad, West Ham must have had a friendly at, in Swindon, and I think he, he must have gone to that and he just raved about this kid and said, you know, he's, he's the future. And Rio was probably about 15 or 16 at the time. Wow. And that was it. You know, he just kept an eye out on him from, from there ever since. And I mean, didn't, didn't, didn't he? I mean, he, he was the future. He, he got to be the best center back in the world. Really shocking that we let him go, but, that's West Ham as well, unfortunately. But but just to have him in the first place, I think we we have to be very thankful. I mean, a, a player that could put in those kind of performances that was so comfortable on the ball and played the West Ham way. I mean, he epitomised some of that, passing out from the back, bringing the ball out. Um, and, you know, he, he had a couple of stinkers as well. When he was off, he was off. But um, for, for the age of him and the ability that he had, uh, very few can match him. It was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, he was. He, he was just phenomenal, wasn't he? And he was one of those players. Unfortunately, as you said, you know, it was that era where they sort of turned up and you're thinking, oh, he's a great player. How many games is he going to play for us for he fucks oh, up? You yeah. know, just, yeah. just knew it, unfortunately. But that was, um, as you said, that was that was us. And obviously when we interviewed, um, when we interviewed H, he said that, you know, he, he's adamant that if we'd kept them lot, we'd have won the, won the league. And I, I don't blame him. I totally agree with him. I think, you know, it's just... Unfortunately, it's probably that's you know you see it's not a sliding doors moment, but sort of you know selling Rio then sort of made us into a selling club, really, didn't it? And it was like you know he's churning these guys out, and we knew they weren't going to stay more than a few seasons before they they, they went away, and um, it was a shame. But as you said, you know we, we had some great, and I think with Rio, you know he he speaks so well of the club, obviously yeah. Rio. Then you got Anton and people like that, and it just He's, um, yeah, top, top bloke. Big fan of Rio. All right, Mr. Ferdinand is in. Who is next, Miss Nolan? On the left side, so be no surprise to anybody around my age, Dixie. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, 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 do you, what do you have to say about Dix? I mean, he, he epitomised everything that was West Ham. He was hardworking, very underrated uh, for, for a left back at a thunder of a left foot. Amazing penalty taker. Amazing free ball kicker. I mean, he, he had everything. Yeah. And all the same while, he was an absolute nutcase. And you never <laughs> knew what you were going to get. But that was exciting. It was, you know, these days, could you imagine somebody being sent off for West Ham and getting a round of applause? I mean, we used to clap Julian Dix for getting sent off because he was such a nutcase. And that was, it was just all part of, of what made watching West Ham special. It was, you never knew what you were going to get. It was always going to be an exciting time, and he was one of those reasons. I mean, it, just a fantastic player. 
Um, he was. I, I don't know. I just, I, I absolutely loved him. I loved him. I, I still wear the number three for my own six aside really? these days because of Dixie. Yeah, loved him. Oh, I love it. Yeah, no, he's true. And, and you're right. He's just like, but I think he's one of those players who's outside of West Ham. I don't think, you know, I don't think people would appreciate him in sort of like the wider football community you know we knew yeah unfortunately his reputation went before him outside of West Ham but we knew he had this wand of a left foot and was the absolutely exceptional exceptionally gifted football player but he did have that side of him didn't he and I think you know as you said he's like you know yeah. he's from from left back or you know or left of three as you're playing um he he could just like whip a crowd up and, and, and you know, left back. You know, I, 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 I haven't got the same feeling with Aaron Cresswell. I don't think Aaron Cresswell, bless him, could could put in a crunching tackle and get sixty thousand people up on their feet. <laughs> but Julian could, couldn't he? And it might have been he a thirty-five yard ping. You know, like he always used to do his penalties or a crunching tackle, or and he just got he just got West Ham, and you know, and he yeah. wasn't. He didn't look like. You know these sort of uber. He didn't like like Cristiano Ronaldo, or, or you know, he wasn't like a, you know, he wasn't a chiselled body. He he looked like a guy that you could go for a pint with, and I think also that's why I think people liked him because he was quite relatable. Um, yeah, you saw some of yourself in him for yeah, sure, and totally. and he had, for, he was Jekyll and Hyde as well because for every crunch and tackle there was that little bit of class to flip the ball mm. around the corner or lay somebody on or like you said, ping a ball 35 yards. He had both sides of his game. And, you know, that was also in kind of the, well, maybe the end of the hard men era as well, where you had the, you know, Keens and Vinnie Joneses of the world. And he made them all crap themselves. I mean, he was the hardest of all of them. I don't, Steve Ball, I don't think he was, he, he wasn't uh, coming up to Dixie like that either. So, you know, we, we just, he was our enforcer, he was our captain, and he was a magician at the same time. He had a bit of everything. He was just great to watch. Yeah, he was. All right, Julian's in. Who's next? Who's next then, John? Let me go to the notes. So I've gone three at the back, so I'll move into the midfield. Um, defensive midfielder number one, controversial perhaps, um, Michael Carrick. And I think Michael Carrick is probably one of the most underrated players, not just for West Ham, but in his entire career. Um, he made things look too simple. <laughs> and that's probably why he's underrated. He did yeah. all the simple things and kept the ball churning over, um, organised his team, didn't make anything look flash. Skulls is probably a similar type as well for, mm -hmm. for doing stuff like that. Um, but Michael Carrick is, I think, one of the best footballers that, that we've ever produced um, one of the best footballers England's ever produced and, and criminally underrated. Um, just a just a great player. Again, everything in his locker, short passes, long passes, uh, leadership skills. Um, and unfortunately, I think Man United probably saw more of that than we did. Although I think he played, he probably played around 150 or more games for us. So we, got, we got a good amount out of him. Um, if I'm right, I think he stuck with us after that relegation that we had. Um, and just just proud again of, of some of the some of the players we produced in that era, and he was he's the the top of the top I think um, of, of that flock of players that we produced. So yeah, character. yeah, and you're right. He he gets sort of left out in the wash. I think when you talk about that sort of golden generation, because it is Rio, it is Joe, it is Frank, and then Michael. You know, he's always he's always fourth when people talk about it, it seems. And I think it's is you're right. I think. Because he, he he made the game seem simple. And, you know, every team he's gone to, every team he's then left, they haven't been able to replace him. You yeah. know, West Ham, we never really replaced him. Spurs never really replaced him. Man United never really replaced him. And um, it's criminal he didn't get as many England caps as he should have. Um, but I just think, you know, he was he was just a classy player. Um, you know, old school classy, very sort of Martin yeah. Peters, Trevor Brooking type class about him, and um, that might have been why. Maybe he was, maybe he looked more because he was slightly wasn't you know, maybe slightly more old fashioned in terms of how he played, maybe. But he always seemed to have time in the ball, never seemed to be hurried off the ball. You know, he's he wasn't particularly quick, but he just knew what he was doing, like you know, almost like a chess player, two two steps ahead. And um, no, Ross, he was either he was either old school or he was twenty years ahead of his time. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, can yeah, see yeah. him slotting into that Declan Rice role today seamlessly. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like 
you know, even when he was starting his career. That's 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 what teams are on the lookout for is that type of player now. Definitely. So definitely. Yeah, you're totally right. Right, okay. Carrick is in. Who is next, John? Sorry, the dogs are going. Don't be silly. I don't know if you can hear them. Um, I'll pair him in the middle with uh, Scotty Parker. Yeah. And um, another leader. I mean, Avram Grant season, Scott Parker was probably the only one actually giving speeches that made any sense or, or G'd up the boys at all. Um, just a great player. I will always have his 360-degree turn emblazoned in my yeah. memory. <laughs> and... Uh, some of the goals from outside the box that he scored, um, I think we, we forget pretty quickly how good he was at striking the ball. Didn't get a whole of a lot of goals, but the goals that he did get, I think, were all stunners and um, were all probably at times where we needed a lift. So I, I can't think of too many players that came out of that season in particular um, that could hold their heads up particularly high, but he's one of them. I mean, fantastic yeah. player. And he was, and, and the ironic thing was about Scott Parker, is he was always mentioned in dispatches as Captain Scott Parker, but it was Matthew Upson was the captain, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, he just went AWOL. And um, no, he was brilliant, weren't he? And it, and it really, I get really, I get really annoyed when people don't put Scott Parker in, like, not the legends, but in that sort of high echelon of West Ham player because of what happened afterwards, you know, and the fact that he went to Tottenham and stuff. And it's like, fuck's sake, guys. You know, he, he literally, I, I, I remember seeing him, you know, after the games and he was almost, he could barely walk sometimes. He was, he could, he had to crawl off the pitch sometimes. He'd put so much effort in. He, you know, to be honest, he, he was in a shit team and he'd kept us up on his own really for two years, to be honest. Um, obviously the third year wasn't, he was one hammer of the year threes in a row, there's not many people who have done that, you know. Yeah. It's like there's only a couple of people who, who are sort of world famous within within West Ham fraternity. But um, and the fact that he went to Tottenham just to better his career, and his dad wanted his dad had just passed or whatever, and his dad was a Tottenham fan. It's like, well, you can't vilify the man for doing no, that. No, you it's, can't. You know I, mean, I mean, and and he just got in the England team as well, and, yeah. and you know want to keep that position. So he gave us enough. I, I'll say that much. I mean, he yeah. he definitely gave West Ham enough, and oh, God, you, you know. His commitment, like you said, I think was second to none. So no, no hard feelings for me. No, I didn't mean either. Um, particularly, you know, because it, it, it also, particularly, you know, you look at people that we revere at West Ham and we revere, you know, the Martin Peters and the Bobby Moores of this world. Martin Peters left for Tottenham and, yeah. and Bobby Moore was, was, was going to, yeah, but he was going to go to, he was going to go to yeah. Tottenham yeah. or Arsenal. So, you know, and he's got, he's got a fucking stand named after him. You know what I mean? So it's like you, you can't pick and choose Based on anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when Scott Parker comes back as our, as our manager, that'd be interesting. Manager, uh, right? Okay, Scott Parker. Who's next? Who's next, John? Uh, right wing, Trevor Sinclair. Oh, tricky um, Trevor. Um, friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> just a just a great player. I think a lot of people, especially not West Ham fans, will probably remember Sinclair for that worldy overhead kick he had for QPR. Yeah. Um, but I remember him, that ball over to De Canio for the goal. I mean, on a sixpence. And and, and he had that. He, again, another player that just had, had so much in his locker, was tricky, great down the wing, great pace, great partnership with uh, De Canio. Um, broke into the England team at just the right time. I think we, we were all, we were so happy to have a West Ham player um, that was France 98, wasn't it? Going off to... 2002. Just so overjoyed for him that, that he did that because we saw what he could do week in, week out and it, he seemed to be, you know, it didn't seem like the England management saw what we saw, but we saw so much of that. He, he was just such a consistent performer, um, great player, like I said, skills, got a good amount of goals as well, chipped in with a lot and... Um, yeah, just 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 a good player. I don't know if we've ever had a winger like him since who, who could cross it and score and do all of those things. Not not I think really. Maybe Edmondson was close, but yeah. not the same caliber. I don't think. But then I think also, I, I, I if anything, I, I'd probably probably put Trev more in line with with Antonio, particularly now at the moment. Mm. Um, in that you know, 
I think he played. I think Trev played left wing for us. He played right wing for us. Played right, right uh, wing back. He yep. played up front as well. And every game you knew he'd put it in. He, he wouldn't. You would not criticize his effort. And I think I see yep. par- parallels to Antonio in that. It doesn't matter what position. You know, when Slav put him right, right back, he would play. You know, he was actually playing bloody Carl Jenkins and out the team. Who was a right back. <laughs> you know, and it's just like. But and I think with that with, with Trev as well, and you know he's you know he's there, there for five years. You know, obviously we, we've interviewed him very very recently. He's an absolute top top bloke, um, and yeah, I just think he's great. I just thought you know he was, and I always always I, I told him stories. You know, I always tell everyone when they pick Trev. You know, my granddad bless him, God rest you know God rest him. He um his eyesight was going when we went and. Any anything that was done by a a player at West Ham who was black was Trevor Sinclair. It could have been Shaka might have done a save, and he'll go up. Oh, there we go, Sinclair. Only bloody player they've got, and it was so true. And it was, but I just I thought it was great. And you know, by all his, by all his accounts, West Ham was the was the time he he probably enjoyed his football the most. Um, that's, that's what he said. That was his own words. Um, and yeah, I mean we you know under. Sort of that period, West Ham was the most successful in the Premier League era. Really, we finished fifth. We won the Intertoto Cup. Yeah. Um. You know, we. I think we had. I think we had like you know like we were seventh as well, and and obviously the Canio, and it was just brilliant. And 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 Trevor was a massive part of that. And um, and and yeah, love him. And because you picked him, we'll get a retweet. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> We'll get a like and a retweet from Trev, so that's all good. That's all good for the stats, right? Okay, who's next then, John? I'll swing over to the other side with uh, left wing. Um, as as Demi, it's going to be Payet. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of West Ham fans just can't stand him because of the way he left in the circumstances, but he's the only player I've ever experienced at West Ham yeah. in my lifetime that could walk into any other team on the planet. Totally. And I don't know if I'll ever see that again. And no. just for that alone, I mean, he was he was just incredible. In- incredible. I've never seen anything like it. De Canio is probably the closest thing, and I, mm. and I love Paolo. But Dimitri Payet, when you talk world class, I mean, he's, he's a top three player in the world when he was at West Ham. Yeah. Uh, me and my wife, we actually we honeymooned in, in Paris when the, when the Euros were going, and even just watching what joy he brought to the French people during that tournament sure. and, and to be able to look at it and go, he's ours. I mean, exactly. even that yeah, totally. brought me a tremendous pride, even though I wasn't speaking to anybody about it. I was just on the inside. I'm like, he's one of us. He's ours. And it, it was just surreal to have somebody that good. I mean, I don't even need to mention the goals. I mean, incredible free kicks, goal to dribbling from the halfway line against Middlesbrough. Um, even when, you know, the, apparently there was other stuff going on behind the scenes or whatever, you know, half a foot out the door. I don't think his commitment was ever questioned, but yeah. just an incredible, incredible talent. I'd, I've never seen anything like it. I hope we get to see something like that again. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, you're right, though. He was like, he was the man and he was, you know, all my mates who are not West Ham fans wanted him in their team. And I don't remember that ever happening in my life maybe once yeah. so maybe someone wants you know, know fabianski or something but not not like everyone would and i remember really clearly and it was funny someone reminded me the other day actually we was in it was it was those euros actually and i was in um and i was in atlanta and we we'd got up at silly o'clock because we had a meeting in town and we had a meeting and so we went to found a little irish pub and uh, and I had and I must have a West Ham pin badge or something like that. It was a France game, and and some guy went up, came up to me, and went, "Hey, well done!" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, pipe, yeah, <laughs> that was all me. It's all me. I was all I was instrumental in that in that transfer from Marseille." But it was just true, and you know, you had this sense of pride because you know not only was this guy performing in the Premier League, but he was performing at the international stage, and that never happens at West Ham. Like you know, someone performs to that ability and was the man and um yeah i would love to the uh, you'd love it to happen again but i don't think in my lifetime you never, you it, never know you never know well, I, can, I can only imagine that's got to be it's got to be how that generation that had bobby and yeah. martin peters and them it'll it be something similar or even trevor brookin you know just the class of, of the player yeah. that that caliber um 
That's a good point. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah, I, I hope it comes back because even though it was it was a short two years, and and you couldn't write a better story no. for the last season at the Bolin either to have him and and the way all of that happened. We were in every game. It didn't matter if we were losing. We were in every game because we had yeah. Dimitri Payet. So there was true. always a way out. There was always a way to win or at least scrape back. Um, just. Uh, it, it almost got boring winning games that season, Russ. It was almost like he is so shell-shocked as a West Ham supporter walking in with confidence to a game. I didn't know what that was. Um, so and, and he did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that whole that whole season, wasn't it? It's like anyone who turned up, you fancied you were going to give him a game. And uh, he said, because he was on there. And, you know, when we had like a free kick, anywhere 30, 30 yards away from goal, you're thinking, here we go, it's going in. It's yep. like, what? <laughs> really? He, yes, because he can. He can He can do things that I don't think were scientifically possible with a ball. Because um, <laughs> obviously Ronaldo had that knuckleball, didn't he, where he used to hit the ball and he used to just do this weird thing and bemuse David James, I remember fam- famously once. Um, but, uh, and Dimi did it with sort of the, the, that Crystal Palace game. That one against Palace. I, yeah. I, didn't even believe it went in. I'm no. watching it on TV and they, you know, it, it, it went up on the screen and said goal. I was like, that that was a goal? I mean, yeah. the, the physics didn't seem correct when you yeah. looked at it. It's like that, that, that was impossible what just happened. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> Ridiculous. Absolutely yeah, and no, a big, big fan of Dimi. Yeah, technically the best player I've ever seen in a claret and blue shirt, that's for sure. Um, not the best player, but technically the best player, um, for, in my opinion. Right, Dimi's in. Who's next then? Jump. Uh, centre attack and mid, and I'm going to go with Bish on that one. Oh, um, see, you're racking in the retweets because Bish is going to give it a retweet now. Good old Friday night likes too. We yes. we had him on the show, and he's what a what Top a great bloke. So down to earth. Yeah. Um, but what a player Ian yeah. Bishop was. I mean, he can bring the ball into feet. His distribution was incredible. His vision. He was always seemed one or two steps ahead of everybody else around him. Chipped in with a lot of goals, but just. I would say he's he was like the he was the mold of what a West Ham attacking midfielder should be in the nineties. And see, I'll say it was probably a tough call. You had Bish, Benny Yoon was around. Um oh god, who's who's the other Israeli that we had? I'm I'm slipping on the name. Berkovich. Um, so the three of them were very similar players, and we always seemed to be able to they didn't play at the same time, but but when Bish retired, we would slot in with another one, and then we slotted in behind that. Um, I think it was Berkovich and and then uh, Benny Yoon after, right? I think that was the order. But but that was we needed that type of player at West Ham. Yeah, that was what West Ham was. That's what our midfield looked like. And I think when that pipeline dried up, we became a very different team. Yes. Um, I don't think we we had players that were of that ilk for for no. a long time after. And it, and it really, I think it, it changed us in a lot of ways. I, I think just who we were, our, our identity, the way we played football, the way that we attacked, the West Ham way, I think that may have been some of the end of, of that type of passing football, intelligent mm. player legacy um, that we need to get back to. So I see Bish as the the prototype for, for what that is in the 90s for West yeah. Ham. and. Yeah. It was just a great player to watch. Yeah, he was. And and as you said, like, you've had him on the show, just like a top bloke, just like the most down-to-earth person you're ever likely to talk to, yeah. who's, who, who was a professional football player. And uh, and he just, yeah, him and, uh, you know, we, we interviewed um, uh, Johnny Monks and... Um, you know, he was saying it with him and Bish, obviously, they were in sort of the centre partnerships together. And he said, you know, there was a period, two or three years, where we didn't care who we were playing. We were going to have we were gonna have a go against them. It could have been Vieira and Petit. It could have been Roy Keane. It could have been anyone, and we'd have a go. And it might be me, Tate, giving them a clump. It might have been Bish giving them a clump. And mm. we would have played... With, and you, you got that, and you could so see that, just the confidence that they had... Um, and not arrogance, but it was, it was more confidence. They were confident in their abilities, and yeah, and and obviously all the stories and that whole that that, that was the last sort of decent. I think that you know 
that generation, there were so many characters at West Ham and in the playing staff, not just them, but, you know, Mad Dog and, yeah. you know, and it's just such like fun time to be a West Ham fan because, you know, it's entertaining, wasn't it? You you know, it's, people have often said, you know, sometimes, you know, West Ham has been a bit of a, a bit of a chore to go and see. Um, and not that time, not that time, because as you said, you had Julian, you didn't know what if Julian was going to, get sent off that week or monks how long was was he before he got a yellow card or you know yeah, and it's just and yeah. and you know it's just it was entertainment more than anything and it was, a, it was a great period to be a west ham fan that, that was for sure it was um, my my dad always used to say uh never never a dull game down at upton park and i think a lot of people used to say that and it was so true because something would always happen either goals or sendings off or just there was always going to be an entertaining game and i think that's that's part of our DNA when, you know, we don't really care as much about winning as much as we do about putting on a good show and, mm. and just having that entertainment. That that certainly was true back then. I think things may have changed a bit now and stakes are a bit higher these days, but uh, but that that was certainly true back back then. Yeah, definitely. Right, Bish Bosch is in. Who is who's next? Going into the strikers. So um Paolo. Paolo's gotta be. Yeah, he's got to be just like I said, uh, most talented. Uh, bar Dimitri Payet, probably probably the most talented player I've seen at West Ham. Mm. Somebody who gets you on your feet. Controversial, which we love at West Ham. Everything from uh, the the way he signed, <laughs> you know, pushing the ref down at Sheffield Wednesday. Harry doing a wheel deal to get him over. He had to serve a bit of a ban before he could start playing. Down to um, is he going to show up at away games that week or at least that rumour that he never did? There was always something going on. Um, yeah. And you hear Harry's stories about him as well that, that he's had in the press and just the kind of character he was. Um, complete nutcase, but also down the training pitch for two hours after everybody's already finished. Oh. Perfectionist. A great player, an absolute great player. And probably also criminally underrated in his home country as well. I mean, that was back when... Italy wouldn't really select anybody that didn't play no. in Italy to play for him. And, and he certainly had the performances, I think, at West Ham um, to, to earn a regular spot in their national team. He was, he was just an incredible, incredible talent. And, uh, yeah, man is a box of frogs, but loved him. Loved him. Childhood idol. Yeah, no, yeah, to totally. And, I mean, you're right. He was one of those players who, you know, you'd pay your season ticket just to see him. Just because you just brought so much, you know, when, when people talk about Paolo, you have to smile because you just think of, of, of all the entertainment he brought. You know, you could yeah. talk about 50 games, 50 different incidents about Paolo. And, you know, there's 50 different stories. You know, everyone who's picked Paolo as a story or when they've met him or, you know, it's it's, it's just he's, he's like he's, he's like he's led this myth, isn't he? Like he's, he's just like an enigma. He's just like, you know, he's just Paolo. And, you know, he's even the fact <laughs> exactly. I mean, even even just like the fact that he did like the Imperial Lever adverts and, and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, that's just so Paolo. And, you know, stories we've had people on the channel who, who you know, you know, have gone to Chadwell Heath to interview him. And they're in the car for like 40 minutes waiting for him to come out and. There's Michael, Michael Clifford tells a story and uh, he was writing for Scandinavian Hammers at the time and he's interviewing Paolo and he's, in, he's, at, the, he's at the training ground and all he can hear is, I think the team, actual team were playing away, he wasn't picked, it was a cup game or something like that. All he could hear is just the Paolo Di Canio song, yeah. just like being whistled and for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes and then out comes Paolo with like a tower, it was it was Paolo all the t singing his own fucking like singing his own fucking song, you know. We've had like coming out the shower with like his bronze body with like a towel wrapped around, just about to jump in the car and oh, sorry, I forgot about the interview, uh, you know. But oh, he's just oh, love a lovely bloke, and obviously, was, you know, that was a great song as well, the the Decanio song, it especially was. when you're taking up to Liverpool and we can sing, we've got Decanio, you've got our stereos. I think was uh, <laughs> one of the better renditions of that. And uh, I, remember, I remember I went to Liverpool one day, one game, and we had. It's funny how things just pop in your head when we talk about, you know, it was, and and it was we were playing. I think we drew two all. I think Gavin Hooligan. Do you remember Gavin Hooligan? I think he oh. scored. 
I think he scored for us. And um, the guy next to me was well pissed up. And and he was singing those type of songs. Now we he was singing, you know, uh, we got Trevor Sinclair, you're stuck on the welfare. We've got <laughs> Joe Cole, you're stuck on the dole. And he went, we've got Frank Lampard. And you just saw his brain. You could hear the little mouse. <laughs> and I've just got a new Ferrari. That was it. It was like, really <laughs> you've just completely dried up. You've completely, bless you, you've completely dried up. But um, no, yeah, De Canio, like he was, yeah. yeah I mean, he was my favourite player of all time. I think that, you know, Payet was technically the best player. But I think to be a proper West Ham player, you need that skill, but you need that nuttiness and you need that passion. And I don't think Pyatt had it or didn't show it where De Canio did. You know, when he was like, that song would be oh, like... That song was like, you know, like, um, I don't know, it's a computer game where like people's health is really, really like going down and they find like a health pack or, you know, that's, that was the Canio's song. It was like, you know, you could see his chest puffing out and that was it. Then he was ready to play and uh, I just loved him. Absolutely loved him. Box office player. Um, right. Okay. So Paolo's in. So you've got one more spot, John. Who's going to be? Last one. Um, fortune's always hiding, right? That's that's West Ham in so many ways, on the pitch, off the pitch. Um, and so that's, that's Dean Ashton for me as yeah. the last one. And that is probably the most complete striker uh, we've ever had. There, there was everything. Yeah, everything in his game. He had passing. He had strength. He had enough pace. He had vision. He could knock him in from 30 yards. He could knock him in from six yards. He had absolutely everything, and I was so didn't get to fulfil his entire potential. I think not only for West Ham but for England. Definitely, um, what a player he he could have been. And if that injury hadn't happened, I mean, realistically, we would have had a very hard time keeping him away yeah, from the yeah. United for the world. But um, while we did have him, you know, you you just again, he's another one of those players where you just have that feeling if he's around, you got a chance. Because he he could he could always he could always get something. He was always in the right place. So he was always laying off the ball in in the right areas. Um, just uh, again, another really phenomenal talent that wish we had seen more of. Unfortunately, oh, but yeah. but when he was on, he was on. So oh, definitely, yeah. And, and and you're right. He was like he's probably the most complete forward I've ever seen at West Ham. For you're probably likely to see, to be honest, because he could do it all. Was he? He was tall enough to hold it up. He's tall enough to get, you know, beat defenders to headers. He had a little bit of turn of pace to beat them. He skill. He had a shot. He had a touch. He was, yeah. It was. A, it was a shame, you know. As you said, you know, for England particularly, you know, as well. He was. He was the partner that could have partnered with Wayne Rooney for for many many years and probably at yeah. Man United as well. To be probably, yeah. Um, as, <laughs> yeah, as is the West Ham way, but um, yeah, it's. Um, no, he's brilliant. He was such a nice, such a shame, wasn't it? And it's funny because I, I still, if I if I see anything with Sean Wright Phillips on, or or anything, <laughs> I still just like it's this irrational hatred of Sean Wright Phillips. You know, it's not Paul Ince, it's not Jermaine Defoe, it's not Lampard. It's it's Sean Wright Phillips. It's SWP is the one I hate the most. And I would, li- yeah, it's just like, it's such it's so silly, isn't it? It's like it's such a West Ham thing as well. Like the the smallest player to play for England or something like that has has, has hobbled our star striker and yeah. uh, cut short his career. Bless him. But uh, no, sods law. yeah, sods laws is the West Ham way. Um, John, man, it's been it's been been wicked. It's been lovely chatting to you, bud. Thank it's you. Really, it's really been, fun. Been great on here. Yeah, let me let me chuck in. I just want to chuck in a manager as well. So I'll stick, I'll stick H on there, Russ, because oh, I got to. two reasons. One, growing up, his his na- uh, my neighbour was his best mate from school, and they used to go down Cheltenham races together. So I have a Cheltenham races program signed by Harry, which is lovely. And two, um, just my fondest memories, I think, of of being a West Ham supporter. There was so much uh excitement and and belief around that team and it was i, I hope we can we can have something similar soon because kids that were that that are what uh, i can't even put it into words kids that are in that age range now of what i was when harry was around yeah um yeah. if they all had a bit of that in their lives around west ham we'd certainly have no problems retaining any supporters or you know branching out and getting more in our catchment areas. I think he, he gave us so much um, and that team gave us so much and so many fond memories that uh, they'll, they'll last a lifetime. So 
um yeah h is my manager yeah, <laughs> but no, no, it's been great honestly there's, there's been yeah, a lot yeah. of fun so it's been good fun yeah 50 58 minutes almost has flown by isn't it that really that really it blinking that's what i love about this show you go oh i've only been up 20 minutes. 58 minutes fucking hell. um but no it's been brilliant john thank you so much and it's always a pleasure to talk to um talk to yeah the the american hammers guys because it's it's just lovely it's just nice talking to people outside of essex and london basically this morning oh, we've got um, to on friday night like sometimes so i yes. know you're a night out we'll, we'll get you on there and uh definitely it's, definitely it's a, yes on show so if of anybody course. hasn't seen it make sure to jump over to to our network and uh and give it a go good so. show definitely and obviously subscribe to the hammers the american hammers network you know lee and tim and everyone over there great great stuff and obviously john's john's friday night likes and stuff and um it's all good stuff and it's i you know i, I love it because it, it always makes me laugh that there's a lot there's a lot of english blokes and, and, and girls who, who do most of the american hammer stuff which always makes yeah. me laugh but it is what it is but god bless charlie and tom and becky and stuff like that but we get uh, the night hours that's what it is you do you get the yeah but it's all the young uns in it because it's all like the youngsters who you know you can't sleep or you know it's like you know maybe he's almost 40 um not quite yet 39 39 next friday wants to buy a card um uh but yeah it's uh yeah sometimes it's 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 because once 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 the daughter's gone to bed like the weekend it's like friday night's a good one for me from then on i'm done because i'm getting ready for monday morning then that's the trouble in the school run but uh it is what it is anyway uh 59 minutes now but anyway until <laughs> Anyway, John, thanks very much for your time. And obviously, thank you to everyone for watching. Uh, if you've been watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, um, Apple, podcasty thing. I think, we're on, I think we're on Amazon as well. So, yeah, try try Alexa and see if Alexa will put on my Amazon 11. I'm pretty sure she will now. But I um, uh, hope everyone is well. Take care. Stay safe, everybody. And for me and John... Come and you wines, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. See you later. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.